NPR says Christianity is racist. Mr. Reagan. So the other day, I'm looking through the news, and I see this report on NPR. The headline of this report is, White supremacist ideas have historical roots in U.S. Christianity. Now, obviously, I had to listen to this. It's NPR, right? So it's radio. Uh, Because this is flipping ridiculous. It's obviously not true, okay? I'll get into the details of why this isn't true after we actually listen to the NPR report. Um, It's not very long. It's quite short, but uh, it'll probably go past two minutes. I'm contractually obliged to show you an ad before before, uh, we get past two minutes. So, Before we get into it, I, of course, have to sell you something. What happens to our economy if Joe Biden is elected in November? Okay, I don't think that's actually going to happen, but you never know. And even with Trump in office, what's the U.S. dollar going to look like once we tally the debt accumulated in the fight against coronavirus? Uncertainty is the enemy of investors and savers alike. Now is the time to educate yourself and protect your finances. Did you know that it took nearly eight years for the markets to recover after the 2008 housing bubble crash? Yet, during the crash of 2008, gold and silver surged to all-time highs. Do you really have eight years to wait for a recovery? Several Americans use a little-known IRS-qualified loophole that allows Americans to buy gold and silver with their retirement accounts. And the good guys at Orion Metal Exchange offer a no-fee transfer in as little as two days on most accounts. Bank of America and Citigroup all see gold soaring, forecasting $2,000 and even $3,000 an ounce for gold, respectively. Some experts are calling for gold to double in the next year. Orion Metal Exchange is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer. At Orion, you get more precious metals for your money. Call today or request a free investment kit below. Mention the Mr. Reagan YouTube channel and get a free one ounce silver coin for qualified retirement account owners. You must be over 40 to qualify. Call 866-915-5053 and get your free investment guide today. At Orion, you get more precious metals for your money every day. All right, all right, all right. So, NPR has this radio segment called... White supremacist ideas have historical roots in U.S. Christianity. It's, of course, ridiculous. I'll dissect why it's ridiculous, but first let's listen to the actual report. First Presbyterian in Columbia was led in the years before the Civil War by a preacher who delivered sermons Sunday after Sunday justifying the enslavement of black people. James Henley Thornwell. In the years when he presided at First Presbyterian, Thornwell himself owned slaves His message to fellow slave-owning Christians, no problem, they were all right with God. Now, it wasn't enough simply to say slavery was okay. A preacher had to explain why it was justified. He provided the intellectual defenses that many slaveholders needed to explain how slavery was not unchristian, that slavery was not abhorrent but that slavery was actually justified by biblical teachings. A hundred years after Thornwell's death, some white preachers were again invoking scripture, this time to justify racial segregation. If Christianity is really about individual salvation, then these people who are telling us that we need to get involved in the civil rights movement are just trying to lead us astray. In fact, James Henley Thornwell said the same thing. The Christian church should stay away from social causes. 
That argument still resonates. Many conservative evangelicals agree the Christian church has no business working for justice on earth. The idea that racism is systemic means its elements are buried deep in the institutions of daily life, including churches. Tom Jelton, NPR News. Okay, so much of this report is about one minister during the slave era using scripture to justify slavery. Here's the problem with that. There were thousands of churches in the U.S. at that time. But because there was one minister at one church that was defending slavery by talking about biblical justifications for slavery, well, well, that's fine. And now, for whatever reason, the reporter doing this report, the reporter, believes that he, he, can, he can claim a headline that reads, White supremacist ideas have historical roots in U.S. Christianity. This is insane. Okay, it's insane. Let, let me say it plainly. This is false. Okay? Racism has existed everywhere since always. In fact, Christianity is the reason our culture is anti-racist. I'll give you two examples from the Bible. These are just the first two that came to my mind as I was writing this report. There is, of course, the story of the Good Samaritan, right? The Good Samaritan was a story about a Jewish man who fell ill for whatever reason as he was walking down the street, and he ended up like falling into a ditch. Or did he fall ill or did he get beat up or something? He got robbed and beat up. I can't remember. Anyway, something bad happened to him. He was all messed up, and he was sitting in a ditch, dirty, looked terrible, and he needed help, right? He was in a bad situation. And people kept just walking by. Other Jews would walk back and forth past him, and they would just ignore him. And one day, this Samaritan walks by, and what is a Samaritan? I think he's from Samaria, right? Samaria? I think that's right. And the Samaritans, they were not necessarily liked by the Jews, right? They were a different culture, and they had a, sort of some conflicting views with the Jews. Jews naturally saw them as different, you know, potentially worse people. And yet the Samaritan stopped and helped this uh, poorly Jewish man who was in this ditch. He was the only one that stopped. All these Jews didn't stop, but the Samaritan stopped. And so Christ, who was a Jew, talking to Jews, said, you could, you know, all those Jews versus that one Samaritan, who was the better man? Who was the better person? It was the Samaritan. So let's not just assume that because this person's like us or the same culture or, or, you know, in our group, that they're better or that they're somehow ethically superior. Somebody else could be better, could be ethically superior. And that's what really matters, right? And this is essentially an anti-racist story. We get our fundamental view that racism is wrong from this parable and also just from the concept of loving your enemy. There's this idea of love your enemy. This, is a, this was a fundamental ethic of Christianity and no other faith anywhere in the world ever, all right? The idea of love your enemy. This is from Christ and Christ alone. This is a, um, is a fundamental tenet of the Christian faith. And it's very important. And I think this is how this anti-racist sentiment came out of European Christianity. And the idea is that certainly in the context of the biblical verse that talks about love your enemy, I think it's in several places in the Bible, but the idea is anybody who is personally bad toward you, right? Anybody who's personally hurts you. Um, But I think in the day of Jesus, 
you had different groups that were who were not Jewish, and therefore they were sort of perceived as, in some sense, an enemy. And so love your enemy, the concept of love your enemy can be extrapolated to just love those who you would naturally consider some kind of opponent or someone different than you, right? So I think the concept of loving your enemy is also an anti-racist idea. Story of the Good Samaritan, very clearly an anti-racist message. The idea of loving your enemy, maybe a little bit more vaguely so, but you know, more of an interpretation, but I think certainly fits as an anti-racist message as well. So Christianity is very clearly, I think, in my mind, very clearly anti-racist. So the idea that somehow American white supremacy has, you know, it was at all developed out of American Christianity or in any way facilitated by it is completely mental, right? You can have, you can literally justify anything if you twist the Gospels to your liking, right? If you say, well, I've murdered lots of people, sure, uh, but it's okay because in the Bible, didn't Samson kill a bunch of people? So therefore killing is okay uh, according to the Bible, even though it explicitly says murder is wrong in the Bible. uh, You know, if we cherry pick passages and we try to twist it into something that sounds like it, it makes logical sense, like it works for us, then yeah, you could probably convince some people that the, <laughs> that the Bible advocates murder, but clearly it doesn't, right? And clearly the Bible does not justify slavery as much as some anti-Christians would, would like you to believe. There's many anti-Christians out there and they will try to tell you that, the oh, the Bible justifies slavery. The, just, the Bible justifies all these bad things. Clearly it doesn't. It's love your neighbor, love your enemy, that's what the Bible says. We all know what the fundamental ethics of the Bible are. And don't listen to the crazy people who are anti-Christian who want to twist it, right? Because those people are just like, they're just like this minister who is trying to reconcile slavery with the ethics of the Bible. And, and that's really what that was all about. And uh, apparently this minister who they're talking about in the report was a great minister. I mean, he did interpret a lot of the stuff in the Bible correctly, but he was like massively wrong on this one point. And that goes to a point that I made earlier that just because historically somebody was racist or a slave owner or something, I don't think that should define them above everything else, right? It was a different society. They had different ethics back then. And we learn and we grow and we change. Were the people that owned slaves back then, would they be slave owners today? Would they be racist today, the people that were racist back then? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they would be part of Antifa today. In that society, would everybody in Antifa today be radically anti-racist? Probably not. Probably most of the Antifa people today would be slave owners or would be severely racist because they have a tendency toward radicalism. But the truth is, you know, let's say context doesn't matter. Let's say, you know, if you were a racist 100, 200 years ago, you, you certainly are like pure evil and horrible and all that stuff. Let's just accept all that that the left believes. Fine. Even if we accept all that, the truth is that 200 years ago, the vast majority of Christians in America were fighting against slavery. And in fact, everybody that was an abolitionist, everybody that was fighting against slavery was a deeply religious Christian. And and the argument is, well, everybody was a Christian back then, so it doesn't matter. And I would say, yeah, that's true. Everybody was a Christian back then. But but not everybody was like a passionate, radical Christian. Not everybody was like deeply, deeply religious people. You know, there were just people that went to church and maybe didn't care that much about the faith. The abolitionists were, and you can look all this stuff up, right? I mean, 
it's all documented historically. The abolitionists typically were very, very strictly religious people. Okay, these were very strong Christians. And so much more than justifying white supremacy or reconciling the ethics of the Bible with the horrors of slavery, Christianity fought slavery, fought against slavery. And now the reporter does acknowledge this, that Christians fought slavery, but really briefly, just in passing, he more or less dismisses this because, of course, it doesn't support his primary message that Christianity facilitated racism, which is a total lie. Here, let me play you the tiny piece in which he says that Christianity, Christians actually fought against slavery. To be sure, some Christian groups were prominent in the movement to abolish slavery, and vague biblical references to slaves were ultimately discounted by most Christians. So yeah, he does admit this, but this is like, what, 10 seconds in the, a seven-minute report? Like, he just, uh, oh, yeah, and actually, yeah, some, some Christians actually fought slavery. But, you know, let's focus on this one guy, this one church, you know, that tried to reconcile the ethics of the Bible with slavery, which is just unbelievably stupid. I mean, this is really a bigoted attack against Christians, right? I mean, think about it like this. If you see one black guy robbing a liquor store, which is a stereotype, right? It was a stereotype in like the 80s that black guys rob liquor stores. If you see one black guy rob a liquor store, do you then say every black man in America is guilty of robbing liquor stores? They're all liquor, th- liquor store thieves? No, you don't say that because that would be um, a racist stereotype. That would be awful. That would be utterly bigoted. So no one would ever do that. It would be, in, it would be considered to be horrible. But you can take one minister from one church 200 years ago and you can paint the entirety of Christianity in America as somehow facilitating white supremacy. Give me a break. You you honestly this is this is essentially the definition of bigotry, isn't it? And I'll tell you the reason that this bothers me so much is that the reporter here and his name is Tom Jelton by the way. He's gaslighting his NPR audience into associating Christianity with racism. This is insane. But isn't this the Marxist goal? No God, just the state. This guy, Tom Jelton, he clearly hates Trump. I've gone through a bunch of his reports just to see what his character is like. And some of his reports are more neutral. But he really focuses a lot on Donald Trump. He's like the religion correspondent at NPR. So why are you focused so much on Trump? It doesn't make sense. But that's the the narrative at NPR. That's the left-wing media Marxist narrative. Trump is evil, you know. And the truth is, from the articles I've seen, he's clearly anti-Christian in some fashion. I don't I don't know exactly what to what extent or what his motivations are, but it seems to me that he is anti-Christian. And I'll tell you what, I've heard a lot of racist sentiment lately against white Americans because of the whole, you know, Black Lives Matter BS. But this particular report is so utterly bigoted. It's such an utterly bigoted attack on Christianity. I mean, it is just despicable. But it's not surprising from NPR. That's the really messed up thing. I'm not surprised. Because I used to listen to NPR every single day. For like about two years when I was younger, I I just listened to NPR every single day. Because I had this idea that I wanted to know what the left was thinking inside and out. I wanted to know what their motivations were, what their intentions were, everything. And it didn't occur to me that, that, that the whole Democrat Party was totally Marxist until actually annoyingly fairly recently. But at the time, it became very clear to me 
that the left only had a few arguments. It became really repetitive listening to NPR because I could predict exactly what they were going to say about every issue. It's actually become worse since I used to watch I used to listen to NPR back in like 2010, maybe 2008, something like that. Today, they don't even have the same argument. They used to argue a little bit. Leftists used to argue a little bit on reason and data, facts. They used to throw in certain facts and data to support their arguments. Leftists really don't do this all that much anymore, if at all. I very rarely hear leftists stating facts or data to support some kind of an argument or giving a reasoned debate. What leftists tend to do in debates now is try to expose the, their opponent's secret racism. That's their only argument now. That's the only thing that they, they care about anymore. And if it's not racism, it's some other kind of bigotry, like homophobia or sexism or something. They're always trying to show that their opponent is bigoted. That's the only argument. That's their only tactic anymore. Uh, because they fail on the facts on every issue. They fail on the logic on every issue. None of their ideas work in real life. So instead of arguing for their idea to be superior, they now just say, well, you're a racist or you're a sexist or you're a homophobe or something like that. That's their only argument now. And you'll notice this. Listen to any leftist argument on NPR, on CNN, on MSNBC. It's always some kind of attempt to encourage the audience to believe that the right is just completely bigoted, that Donald Trump is a bigot or that people on the right generally are bigoted or that some other specific politician or somebody is bigoted or some policy is bigoted. That's the only argument that they have. It's ridiculous. Now, the most disturbing aspect of this report to me was Tom Jelton's final words, his final words of the whole report. He says, the idea that racism is systemic means its elements are buried deep in the institutions of daily life, including churches. The idea that racism is systemic means its elements are buried deep in the institutions of daily life, including churches. What a sick, twisted piece of human garbage. Racism is not buried deep in American churches. You spend the whole video citing one pastor from one church 200 years ago, and that somehow means that racism is buried deeply in American churches generally? How the hell does that work? What twisted logic sees one person do one bad thing once and then applies it to the entire group uniformly without exception? Again, as I said before, I'm pretty sure that is the precise definition of bigotry. You, Tom Jelton, you are a bigot. And you know what the worst part is? He sounds like Winnie the Pooh. And that, that's like the most disturbing thing of all. It's like a messed up Marxist version of a beloved Disney character. Well, that's it for me. And remember, it's not that all liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you have blamed the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. <laughs> We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. 